Growing and scaling a business is complex. It can be very scary and lonely trying to navigate it all. It comes down to the community of trusted people you surround yourself with. Let's dive in to the Business as People podcast. Ryan, welcome back. Giving us some more guru tips on tax savings and cash flows to help business become more profitable and scale. You are a partner at Cunningham and Associates. And today we're talking about cost segregation. So help us understand this and unpack it. Thanks, Tom. Always a pleasure. Really happy to be here with you. Cost segregation. So cost segregation is one of our favorite specialty tax incentives because it's pretty universal. And the reason I say it's pretty universal is it's directly related to real estate. So when you look at organizations, many organizations invest in real estate, whether it's an owner-occupied real estate holding, or it's a good way to go ahead and take profits from, say, an operating entity and diversify it into an asset-based portfolio. So real estate is very, very common for our clients. And this is one of those great incentives that will help organizations actually increase cash flow with their real estate purchases. So cost segregation, what is it? Essentially, cost segregation takes a building, a real estate asset, and breaks that building down into separate parts, individual parts. And then those individual parts are depreciated or deducted at a faster rate. Now, why would you want to deduct it at a faster rate? Well, more deductions equals more cash savings in the current. And it actually allows you to take those cash savings and reinvest it in other things, which may produce a higher yield. Now, traditional accounting, if you're depreciating, say, a commercial piece of real estate, it's depreciated over 39 years. Residential is 27 and a half. Now, at 39 years, what's happening is you're buying an asset. You're probably borrowing from a bank or paying out of cash flow. No bank is going to loan you the full mortgage over a 39-year period. So you're actually paying it off faster. Your cash is going out faster than your deductions. So the idea here is that you can take these deductions and align it more with your cash outflow. Most real estate purchasers within the first year or two, they're buying an asset. There's a down payment involved. Maybe there's some upfit. There's some moving costs. There's all these cash expenses, but you only get 139th of the deduction. So this aligns a lot of the expenses in many, many cases will actually create more deductions than cash outflow. That's where it flips and actually creates a cash positive situation. We often have planning conversations with our client about real estate because many folks that are facing a tax obligation, we can have a conversation and say, look, you can actually use tax savings to fund the purchase of a real estate asset. And that conversation really changes the paradigm and saying, okay, maybe I should be investing a little bit more aggressively in the real estate market. Is that a scenario for someone's like looking to expand their location or what are some outcomes that you've seen people leverage and use this cost of yeah. segregation? Great question. Great question. So it can be as straightforward as you're going to buy an existing property and, and own that property for income purposes. Okay. And let's say it's a manufacturing facility. That manufacturing facility, instead of depreciating it over 39 years, you can actually take 30 to 40% of it, depending on you know, the interior and the, the structure of the building, and accelerate that into one, five, 10-year property. So you can pull that towards the front of the deduction timeline. Now, what does that equate to? Let's say it's a million-dollar building. That's somewhere between $300,000 and $400,000 worth of deductions. That's significant. Now, to your point, Com, 
the expansion, let's say you have an existing building and you're adding on or you're doing a significant upfit, the same concept applies. So you just look at what the expansion or the upfit entails. You can still break the assets down into those other faster categories and have the similar outcome where you have somewhere between, call it, you know, general range would be between 18 and 40% accelerated depreciation, depending on the asset type. Of the percentage of businesses that you talk to, Ryan, like how many people know this? Yeah. So this is one of those strategies where fortunately it's fairly well known, but in specialty tax, it doesn't mean it's widely known. So a lot of CPAs are aware of this. It's been around a long time, but still it amazes me that only about say 25% or one third of the clients that we speak to that have asset holdings are actually implementing the strategy. There's also some misconceptions where, you know, my building's not large enough. I only spend a million dollars on it. Well, it's just false. Under the new tax code, really anything over $250,000 should be explored because there's, again, tax savings associated with that. There's also unbelievable ROIs with this particular incentive because uh, the work to complete it, it's not a heavy lift and you can actually go in. There's a little bit of cost to do a study, but after that cost, your ROI is 10, 20, 30 to one. So there's amazing returns for the client. Are there particular like sizes or ideal people that should consider this? Portion. Yeah. Well, I, I started with, this is one of those universal deductions, right? So this is something that should be explored if you're investing in real estate. So you're investing in real estate, you own real estate, owner-occupied, or considering any type of expansion or capital improvement, think about the cost segregation. Worst case scenario is you get some good information that may influence the way that you tax plan moving forward and how you spread your holdings into different real estate investments. Awesome. This is fabulous. So. Again, another great knowledge bomb you dropped today. Uh, looking forward to so many more in the future. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Thanks, Tom. If you have any questions and topics you'd like us to cover, please email me at podcast at or message me on LinkedIn.